Grace and peace are yours in abundance in your knowledge of God and your Savior, Jesus Christ. As we did last week, I would encourage you to keep your bulletin handout uh, in front of you so that you can pay attention to the uh, words of each stanza, have them right at your fingertips. As I'm sure you're aware, the songs of the season are all around us, in stores, in restaurants, on the radio, even here in the church. During this Advent season, we're giving ourselves time to really listen to what these songs say about Jesus' birth. Our hymns, our Christmas carols, are much more than simply words and music. They are sung confessions, musical statements of faith, and as such, they preach a life-giving message. So this week, our guest preacher is once in Royal David City. Stanza one. Once in Royal David City stood a lowly cattle shed where a mother laid her baby in a manger for his bed. Mary was that mother mild, Jesus Christ, her little child. At first pass, the opening verse seems like it's taking a just-the-facts approach to the nativity story, and it is certainly making a quick sketch of the Christmas event. But a closer look reveals a few important and indeed loaded Phrases. The first comes right away. Once in Royal David's city. That identifies the location where a mother laid her baby in a manger for his bed. And that city, of course, is Bethlehem, which historian Paul Meyer estimates to have been populated by around 2,000 people at the time of Jesus' birth. More important than the size, though, was Bethlehem's most famous son, up to that point anyway, and that is Royal David, the shepherd boy who would become king. By reminding us that Jesus was born in David's city, the hymn writer is linking the two in a way that becomes more obvious as the hymn goes along. But even here in verse 1, the use of the title Christ, Jesus Christ, her little child, allows us to begin connecting the dots. Christ, you see, is not Jesus' last name, but a title, a Greek way of talking about an anointed person. And typically, in Israel, if you were anointed, you were anointed to become the king. So, while it would be unusual enough to put any baby in a manger, Mary has put her little child, Jesus the Anointed One, the one who is king, in the place the animals feed, and that's his first crib. second stanza says, He came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all, 
And his shelter was a stable, and his cradle was a stall. With the poor and mean and lowly lived on earth our Savior holy. This hymn wastes no time getting to the very heart of Christmas. Not only are we to understand that a king has been born, but this little one is God and Lord of all. Come down to earth from heaven. It's this very progression that Paul describes in Philippians chapter 2 when he writes that Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. The imagery of God, the Lord of all, sheltering in a stable, his cradle in a stall, really should astonish us. As should the idea that a holy Savior lived on earth with the poor and mean and lowly. And the word mean, as it's used here, does not indicate being cruel. It's actually a dated way of talking about a person born into a lower class. The full surprise of the statement lies in the realization that a holy Savior did not just live with people of a low social standing in the sense that they were in the same place at the same time. His sheltering in a stable shows he identifies with the poor, the mean, the lowly. He's not only come to be with them, but to be one of them. And that has implications, tremendous implications, for those who put their trust in Jesus and want to follow him. It's no coincidence that at Christmas time there's always a renewed interest in serving the poor, the mean, and the lowly. But the question is, what about the rest of the year? Stanza three. For he is our childhood's pattern. Day by day, like us, he grew. He was little, weak, and helpless. Tears and smiles, like us, he knew. And he feels for all our sadness and shares in all our gladness. The hymn now takes us beyond the stable to consider another way in which Jesus identifies humanity, and that's in his childhood. An additional mystery of the Incarnation is the ordinary way in which Jesus grew up. As the stanza says, at one time he was little, he was weak, helpless, tears and smiles like us, he knew. Jesus knows what it's like to run and play. He knows how it feels to skin your knee. 
get picked on. He grew up too. Which means he relates to us fully. This is maybe the most underrated aspect of Jesus' incarnation. He knows what it's like to be human. As it says in Hebrews 4, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted as we are, yet without sinning. He feels for our sadness and shares in our gladness. The God we worship came down here and got his hands dirty. He came down here and lived in a family. He broke down at the graveside of a dear friend. And so again, as Hebrews 4 says, let us then with confidence, with confidence, draw near to the throne of grace. Christmas says, God, in the person of his Son, is approachable. He knows what it's like. And he cares deeply. The next stanza declares, and our eyes at last shall see him. Through his own redeeming love for that child so dear and gentle is our Lord in heaven above, and he leads his children on to the place where he is gone. What a verse. It takes us from a baby in a manger to the heights of heaven, just like that. How do we get there? It is the redeeming love of the child who is the Lord. This is very subtle, yet beautiful for its subtlety and gentleness. And what I mean is this, to be redeemed is to be bought back. Something was lost and is purchased again. In this scenario, you and I are the thing redeemed. We had been lost. We had been in the grip of sin and shame, destined for death and eternal darkness until we were bought. You were claimed. You were paid for. But the currency was not dollars and cents. The currency was the precious blood of Jesus. His innocent life for yours. Through his redeeming love, you see him now by faith as your redeemer. And through his redeeming love, you will at last see him in heaven, the fulfillment of the transaction that he undertook at his cross. From a baby in a manger to the heights of heaven. And that imagery only continues in the fifth and final stanza 
not in that poor lowly stable with the oxen standing by shall we see him, but in heaven, set at God's right hand on high. Then, like stars, his children crowned all in white, his praise shall sound. The first line of this carol was foreshadowing. Once in royal David's city. And here, stanza five is the payoff. We see the ultimate king ruling in power from his position of royal authority. Set at God's right hand on high. That sounds a lot like right hand man. And that's not far from the truth. Not only does it indicate closeness to God the Father, but the person seated at the right hand of the true king functioned as the prime minister or the governor or the active agent of the crown. And scripture tells us this is precisely the position the ascended Jesus occupies even now. In Ephesians 1, Paul writes, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of his church. Jesus is ruling from the throne of his Father for our good and for the good of the gospel. Beholding King Jesus is something that we will do by his grace. And then in a beautiful blend of biblical imagery, the hymn writer says, Then, like stars, his children crowned, all in white, his praise will sound. And this reference to stars echoes Paul's letter to the Philippians. In chapter 2, he says of those who are children of God, then you will shine among a crooked generation like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And the phrase all in white recalls Revelation 7 in which John looks and sees a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb and they were wearing white robes, holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Then like stars his children crowned all in white his praise will sound. This gentle Christmas hymn does us a great, great favor. It takes us all the way to the result, all the way to the outcome of Jesus' incarnation, death, resurrection, and ascension. With great artistry, it displays the fullest possible meaning of Christmas, namely that Jesus left heaven to join us on earth so that one day we will leave earth and join him in heaven. 
And this song we sing here prepares us for the great song that continues there. Would you please pray with me? Lord God, grant that by your grace, by your tender mercy, that our eyes will at last see your Son through his own redeeming love. For that child so dear and gentle is our Lord in heaven above. Lead us, your children, on to the place where you have gone. In your holy name we pray. Amen.